0: Hello everyone, and welcome to The WordPress Briefing, the podcast where you can catch quick explanations of the ideas behind the WordPress Open Source Project, some insight into the community that supports it, and get a small list of big things coming up in the next two weeks. I'm your host, Josepha hayden Champosy, and before we get started, I have to be honest with you all, this episode and the next one have made me feel really anxious. This one is about diversity, equity and inclusion in in open source and especially in WordPress. And the next one is about accessibility in WordPress. And I feel like there's just so much to do and we don't do enough, but we do what we can. And still, we will never be done with that work. And if you don't know what I mean by diversity, equity, and inclusion, you can kind of think of it this way. Diversity is bringing in people with different viewpoints and lived experiences. Equity is making sure everyone has what they need in order to get a fair chance of success, which is different from equality. And inclusion is making sure that the environment is built to not only tolerate diverse groups, but to celebrate them as well. So, remember this as you listen to what I have to say here. We are never where we want to be in either of those spaces, but that shouldn't stop us from looking at the things we have done to get us in the right direction. All right? All right. Here we go. say a lot that we are a project that serves a majority collection of minority voices. WordPress is global in reach and open source in nature, and you would assume that what allows the software to be used by anyone would also enable it to be built by anyone. After all, your location doesn't matter, who employs you also doesn't matter, and your relative social standing certainly shouldn't matter as long as you can communicate with the others contributing to the project, there should be no obstacle to your participation. The mission of the WordPress project is to democratize publishing, right? It's to get the ability to have a website, own your web presence, tap into passive income. I mean, the job is to level the playing field for everyone. However, it's my experience that bringing in new voices takes a lot of proactive work on behalf of leaders and contributors alike. It's not enough to say, hey, I'm having a party. You also have to say, I'm having a party and I'd like you to be there. It's not enough to think people will make their own space at this table. You have to make sure that you have table settings for everyone. And even beyond the basics of directing people to you and on toward the next steps, you have to be honest about the fact that open source contribution requires a fair amount of privilege. By privilege, I mean the luxury of extra time, or extra funding, or just an understanding employer. WordPress supports 41% of the web. Actually, I think it's 42% of the web right now. But less than 1% of people who use WordPress show up to help maintain it. And that 1% that does show up skews toward people who already have a pretty high level of representation in technology. And so when you look at who is building it versus who is using it, it doesn't always match. And since what we build so frequently reflects who we are, sometimes what we build doesn't match the needs of the people who are using what we have. So what has WordPress done to be proactive on the question of diversity, equity, and inclusion? There are quite a few unseen things that have gone into this over the years, and also a few pretty visible things. Um, This is a very long list, and it has a whole lot of just reference material. And so the show notes today will come in really handy for people. And also there will be just a, a laundry list of linked resources for everyone. But the first thing that WordPress has done is that we have accepted the burden of proof. Um, I'm going to share a post about this in the show notes, but basically that means we accept that it's not the job of underrepresented folks to figure out if they are welcome. It's us. It's up to us to make it clear that they are. So there are three big little things <laughs> that the community has kind of done over the years. One is that many teams open their text-based meetings now with an explanation of what is done in the meeting, who comes to the meetings, where to find help if you're lost in the meeting. And for teams that have a specific type of request that comes into those channels that isn't handled in those channels, they also will share where people can go in order to get those requests taken care of. Many teams also have updated their team handbooks to have good beginner docs, limited use of inside jokes or jargon, and also good first bugs. And also there is a code of conduct in the community declaring that everyone is welcome and clarifies what to do if you see folks being unwelcoming. A second big thing that folks in the WordPress community have done is that we have written down what was unwritten. Having things clearly documented unlocks institutional knowledge that you'd otherwise have to know someone to get. Clarity in process and structure helps anyone to engage with your organization, not just the people who have extra time to figure things out. What that looks like in the WordPress project is that many teams have documented their workflows and their working spaces and just their general team norms. Many teams have also started defining what it means to be a team rep and holding open processes to choose those team reps. I, along with many other community leaders, have written down countless unspoken rules, guidelines, and philosophical underpinnings so that people don't have to guess about what we're doing or why we're doing things or where we want to do them. And the more visible things that the WordPress project has been doing is the, that we found ways to invite people in. Um, and they're not fail-safe, they're not foolproof, but it is certainly a step in the right direction. The first one is an ongoing diverse speaker training initiative. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. It is run by Jill Binder and a fantastic group of contributors uh, that collaborate with her. And and i really have loved watching that particular program grow and flourish and help WordPress make a difference where we absolutely can. The second thing that was pretty visible about how we invited people in was at the end of 2020, we had an all-women and non-binary release squad for our biggest release of the year. It was WordPress 5.6. I had a group of probably 70 women and non-binary identifying folks who joined in the process and joined in learning more about the process. Some of them have continued on in the project, others have stepped away for various reasons, but all of them are welcome to return and I encourage everyone uh, to return to contribution when time and resources make that possible for you. And then a third thing that we've done, which I have talked about a lot, is the revival of the testing and triage practices. Uh, That has been work that's been ongoing for a number of years, uh, and it happens across multiple teams. It is not always immediately clear to people why the testing work and the triage work is identifiable for me as a way to invite people into this process. And so I'll be briefly clear about it right now. So testing as a practice brings in the users that otherwise don't have a lot of spare time and that extra privilege to like figure out what's going on with WordPress and contribute their own fixes to problems. They can give back to this project by being co-developers with us, co-creators with our entire process of making WordPress real and usable for the largest number of people that we can because we now support 42% of the web. And then the triage practice brings in, I think, invites in a diverse voice of people because you don't necessarily always need to know everything about a project in order to help with triage. And when you're helping with triage, you get active learning through participating in the process, but you also get passive learning from the people who are there who already do know huge amounts about the project and the process and everything that goes into it. And so it's a low-key, low-stress way to get your feet wet and start building that knowledge that sometimes is hard to come by unless you are actively working in it. So the testing practices, the triage practices, I really, to the the core of my being believe that those are active and ongoing ways for us to invite in people who otherwise wouldn't have a chance to get their voices heard in an open source project. And y'all, like I said at the start, there's nothing about this list that I just shared that makes me feel like our work on this is done. Just like any muscle, you don't fight to peak fitness and then hit the big stop button on time and say, now I never have to work out again. (laughs) If we did, the world would be a very different place, probably. But um, it does then lead us to the question of what are the next steps for continuing to foster a community culture that's as broad as the people who use this software? If you believe in leadership at any level like I do, there are a ton of things that you can do right now but I'll kind of boil them down into three big chunks of things. First, check your area of the community or whatever community that you want to apply this to for things that need a little more proactive work. I'm going to share a post called building a culture of safety that will take you through a list of good first steps. Um, And, and it is, Not as hard as it looks when you say build a culture of safety. There are a lot of really clear-cut, minor changes that you can ask people to make in, in like four or five different areas that can help your community be more welcoming and be more open. The second thing that you can do is know that small changes add up over time and commit to making those changes where you can. If you are a lead at any level sort of person, you know that supporting people and processes is the responsibility of everyone in the group. And if you can make your own autonomous decisions to commit to making small changes that make a big difference over time, then you will be part of that solution. And that is not specific to any one group that we have in our communities. You can be an ally for anyone, whether they look like you, whether they have your same experiences or not. And sometimes it's as easy as just holding space for the people who haven't had a chance to talk yet. And on the subject of holding space and the way that we communicate, the third thing that I think is incredibly important is that you can take on as a foundational personal practice, the concept of ethical communication. I'll share a post about that as well (laughs) in the show notes. But the core of it is that you have to know that what you say and don't say, what you do and don't do has an impact on others and embrace that responsibility. All right, so you made it all the way through, and I am so proud of you. I'm sure you have questions about this, and I encourage you to share those. You can email them to me at wpbriefing at wordpress.org, or catch me on twitter at josepha Hayden, and I'll answer anything I can. Which brings us to our small list of big things. I've got two things for you today. First and foremost, WordPress 5.8 gets released tomorrow. It's a big release and lots of people have been working on it. Uh, so get your update processes ready and keep an eye on WordPress.org news for the announcement post. Second, and still pretty important, is that team reps have been working on their quarterly check-ins so that all other teams can get an idea of what's happening around the WordPress office. Uh, keep an eye out for that post on make.wordpress.org updates. And that is your small list of big things. Thank you for tuning in today for the WordPress briefing. I'm your host, Josefa Hayden-Champosi, and I'll see you again in a couple of weeks.